This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's now time for A's Roundtable with Chris Townsend. Learn from the men and women that help determine the direction of the Oakland A's, from amazing stories to colorful personalities. Now is the time to get your inside look of the A's front office. This is A's Roundtable. Well, now here on A's Cast, what we're doing here in the offseason, it's really special. We're doing a segment called A's Roundtable, where we're going to go around the entire organization to learn about the people that make the Oakland A's tick, not only on the field, in business, in marketing, and today we're doing baseball operations. So we're going to be all over the place today. We're going to have somebody in Arizona, somebody in San Diego, someone in Lodi, California. It's going to be a lot of fun as we're going to learn about how we get these players ready to be big leaguers and play here at the highest level. Joining me here, the legend, Grady Fuson, been with the A's for so many years. Now a special assistant to the general manager, Ed Sprague. You remember him as a former A, a college World Series champion at Stanford, a World Series champion with the Toronto Blue Jays, now the director of player development. Zach Bash, who played in the A's organization and now is the director of minor league operations, are all with us. Gentlemen, we appreciate the time, and we'll just go around the horn just to tell us about what you do for this organization. And, Grady, you've been around for so long. I mean, you got to the A's in 82 under the Billy Martin regime. Just tell everybody now what you're doing as you're the special assistant to the general manager. Uh, Well, I've got a little bit of a combo-type job in a way where – um, I'm involved in player development. Um, currently, sounds like I'm going to be involved even a little bit more. I've been involved in the draft all these years. So after spring training, I've always gone out and cross-checked about 100 players for the draft. Uh, Billy and David and Dan Feinstein have used me uh, quite a bit around the trade deadline, especially if we're trading for uh, minor league level talent. Uh, but I would say that most, most of the year is, is, is dedicated to player development. So spring training, uh, going around to all the different clubs during the summer, uh, month, month and a half in instruction league, uh, the fall league, things like that. And, Ed, you've been around baseball your entire life, especially with your Mm -hmm. dad being a former big leaguer. And first off, congratulations on getting the new gig of director of player development. Thank you. And so tell us exactly, because Keith Lippman, we know Keith is just a legend in this game, and and I know he's going to be helping you, but just talk about your new role with the organization. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out here in uh, week three on the job is uh, (laughs) – what this off season looks like. It's been a little bit different, obviously a little bit busier 
uh, you know, a lot more uh, administrative type stuff. Talking with David and Dan and Oakland is, you know, constructing rosters of what the, the our organization might look like come uh, come spring training and trying to fill, you know, so they can have a picture of what kind of holes they need to fill on the minor league side. Uh, working with Zach on, you know, just spring training organization, mini camp dates like that. Um, so that's kind of what it started out as. I know it's going to get a lot busier probably come as we get closer to spring training uh, and throughout the year. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate, obviously, to have, you know, Grady and, and Lip a phone call away to, you know, kind of figure this thing out on the fly. So, yeah, this is a new gig. So uh, you, you, there's, there's a lot that you're going to have to learn going forward, right, in the next couple months before we head down to Mesa for spring training. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first part was obviously getting contracts out to our our coaches um, and, uh, you know, all our athletic training staff, strength and conditioning. Um, you know, then we have the winter meetings coming up in December down in San Diego, uh, you know, followed by a trip to the Dominican in January. And so, like I said, I think a lot of administrative stuff, a lot of setting up, uh, you know, spring training, you know, but a lot of phone calls and computer work at this point. And then uh, when the season goes on, obviously we'll get back to our normal travel, getting out to all the affiliates, uh, you know, and watching our players and, and talking to the coaches and making sure we get guys in the right spots to get them prepared to, to move levels. And Zach Bash, it's been fun watching your career grow from a guy who played for the athletics in the minor league system, then getting into communications and PR, and now director of minor league operations. You've had a pretty you you you've had a good run inside this organization. <laughs> yeah, the A's have been uh, have been very good to me. Um, so uh, yeah, try to try to help them out doing a variety of things now in this role. Um, work down in Mesa, Arizona year round. And then travel out to the affiliates uh, like like uh, Ed and Grady also do throughout the summer. My, my role is a little different than their these guys. They're more dealing with the on field, the the important stuff like uh, getting players better. Um, I do kind of more behind the scenes stuff, logistics, uh, travel. Um, I also manage the relationships with the kind of the front offices of the minor league teams. So you know, make sure that um, you know we're getting along with them, making sure bills are getting paid. Uh, everyone's where they need to be and things like that. Well, I mean, you got to handle a lot of different players. You got to make sure they're getting to and from where they need to go. And, you know, because we're also used to, you know, spring training. You know, we go to the games and we just see that. We don't see the backfield, Zach. People really don't know how many guys there are that you have to deal with and you have to coordinate with, especially during spring training. Yeah, we get up over. Um probably close to 200 players in spring training uh about 70 staff members on the player development side so yeah it's a lot of moving parts of getting people kind of where they need to go and uh you know yeah there's there's just uh there's the countless things that happen you know just everything from getting them fed you know we're, we're going through you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of of uh fish and and chicken and you know rice every day you know we have a, a, a group that that feeds our players we got to get them in the hotels we got to get them back and forth from the hotel to the field so yeah it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff and we have a great staff here that that does that certainly not just me we have we have uh, really incredible people here at Fitch that do that Grady you've been in this game a long time just you know talk about some of the changes that you have seen from the early 80s to where you are now because it seems like the game has evolved so much uh, on the player development side or just 
any way you want to go. You've seen so much. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of things that have changed. Uh, number one, uh, probably the involvement of technology and uh, the use of analytics. Uh, one thing that's really changed is the medical side of the game. Uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you had uh, some somewhat trained trainer that just put ice and wrapped ankles and things like that. Today, things are, these guys are extremely educated. Uh, they're smart guys. Uh, a lot of things on the medical side have, uh, have, have come a long way. Um, I think the players are taken care of at least from, you know, where they sleep and what they eat on a daily basis. That's still kind of in their hands, their choice, but, uh, the things that clubs have now spent the money on to take care of these players and uh, certainly their diets and their conditioning, those things have really changed over the last 30-plus uh, years. Yeah, you mentioned technology, and that's the one thing, and we can look at that at any sport, Grady, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, or the NHL, but of course we'll stick in Major League Baseball. Just the data that we have on an everyday basis, and even going back to like the Moneyball days where you had these analytics, but they were just math equations. Now we have these high-tech cameras, we've got radar, we've got StatCast, the Rapsodo radar stuff that we have with pitchers, just just what there was no technology in baseball to, you know, what are your thoughts that so much of it is all about technology in baseball? Well, I don't think that it'll always be just about technology uh, you know, there, I mean, now that we have our hands on different things over the last few years, we've, you know, Eddie's got an opinion. I've got an opinion. Keith Lippman has an opinion. There are some of these things that if you take the time and get into them that, you know, they are going to be great additions to what you teach and the things you do. And there's also some of these things that we know come with air room for air. So, uh, you know, we've been using numbers. Video has always been a part of my career. Um, I remember our pitching coordinator, Jim Perry, way back in the early 80s, flew around and and he had this uh, four foot by two foot big uh, luggage that carried the whole video camera. So we had video back then, but again, that was more just one person breaking down video for a player or a coach or whatever it may be. So, so, you know, we have more things at our, at the tip of our hands to involve ourselves with and everything is used at different times and different, different levels. Ed, when you talk about going through the minor league system and setting a philosophy, how key is it that that philosophy from AAA all the way down, that everybody's pulling on the same rope and everybody's sending out the same message to these players? Well, I, I think it's extremely important. Uh, you know, it starts with the big club and the expectation that Bob Melvin has and David Forrest has for how we want our guys to play. Um, for us, it's, you know, it's, we want our players to take ownership in their own career um, because we can talk all they want, but if they're not taking care of what they need to take care of, I think that's the that's the biggest thing that we want our players to do is to take ownership in their own career 
and we want them to be prepared and understand that when you get to the big leagues, whether it's with Oakland or another club, uh, you have a small window of opportunity. You get judged very, very fast, whether it's the major league staff, whether it's the front office, whether it's the media. And so we want to make sure these, these guys are prepared to, to be winning players at the major league level with whatever team they, they end up with so they can have a successful career and take care of their families, uh, you know, and enjoy the fruits of, of what Major League Baseball provides. And I think that's kind of the basis, getting our coaches to understand that. Uh, we certainly want to win at the minor league level, but we want our players to develop uh, because when you get to the big leagues, it's all about winning. And so that's that fine line of developing a winning player, but also having the basic uh, fundamentals and understanding of the game to be a productive player at the major league level. Yeah, no, because I got guys that I know from over the years that were in the minor league system, Ed, where they said, you know, here you got a pitching coach, you got a hitting coach in double A, they're saying one thing. Then all of a sudden, you've got the roving pitching or the roving hitting instructor come to town for a weekend or for a couple series, and he starts telling you to do a different thing. That's got to be very frustrating when you're getting mixed messages for a player. Plus, he's, you know, as you said, he's trying to figure it out on his own in his career. It, that's definitely something you want to stay away with inside the organization, correct? Yeah, I just think that, you know, some of the technology we have in-house, uh, the communication uh, based on, you know, email, text, video, the ability for us to watch, you know, the games, you know, uh, MLB.com, whatever that is. There's a lot of different ways. So I think communication and nowadays in the, and to get that message out is probably easier than it was maybe back uh, 20 years ago. And so I think that aspect of it is, you know, and I, we have good coordinators that are on the same page uh, and set examples for what, you know, the hitting coaches should be following or the pitching coaches should be following. Now we know talking a lot, Grady, uh, about development. That's kind of been the new thing in baseball. You know, we, so many people talk about like the Houston Astros, like they can go get Justin Verlander. They can go get Garrett Cole <clears throat> and they can make them better. How much is the game now truly about the development of players? Because we are so used to, oh, hey, this guy's going to be a great player, but really sharpening and, and finding a way to make these guys better at every level. Well, I think it's always been, you know, one of the biggest parts of, of the game is developing your own players. Number one, from a talent level. Number two, from a cost effective. I mean, obviously we see the likes of, Matt Chapman's and, and Loriano and, and Matt Olson's, these guys come to the big leagues. They perform at a very high level and they're basically being compared uh, to certain players making 20 million a year. And these guys are at the bottom rung of, of major league salaries. Uh, you know, our history in Oakland where because of our finances and the way we're run that there's been numerous times where, those players get the free agency and we just, we, we're, we're not, we don't have the, the supplement to pay for these players. I think uh, David and Billy always talk about, you know, the, a new stadium and enlightenment attendance and the things that may help us get to a different level that will increase our payroll and things like that. But uh, so many people are trying to rush players to the big leagues and uh, you know, that, it certainly has worked in certain cases, but at the same time, uh, you know, you could be defeating the purpose. 
you take a club like Houston, who I know nobody likes to hear the word, but they basically tanked for three, four, five years. And for that first pick in the draft all those years, and they, they did very well, even though they missed on a couple. But, you know, that's where the Correas and the Bregmans and the Springers, that's where they come from. And it's not only first in the first round. It's picking first in every round. So if the top ten rounds are the biggest uh, talent pool of the draft, they're picking first in every one of those rounds. Yeah, and to that point, Grady, and Ed, we'll, we'll go to you on this one. You know, I, I do the David Force show every single week, and I used to do the Billy Bean show, and I know Billy for over 20 years. And, and as Grady just said, the ugly word tanking, that's just something that's not going to happen here in Oakland. And I know the philosophy of Billy, and I know the philosophy of David is, you know, you're, they're always still going to try and win. So that for you, you understand that this isn't a situation where they're going to go lose 100 games for a couple of years. You know, they're going to want players who can win every single year from you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, the thing in player development is is producing those winning players, quality players. Uh, so if we, if we are in a window like we are now, that we have the ability or those guys have the ability up top to go out and make a trade for somebody, and we have valuable pieces uh, down below. I think sometimes it's hard as a player. You know, I know coming up in Toronto's organization – I always just thought it in terms of Toronto as getting the big leagues, but you know our players, we get them to understand that there's there's 30, 30 teams watching you every day. Uh, there's thirty teams that have analytics on you. There's thirty teams that have times down the line. So, you know, you're building a resume for yourself um, constantly. And so, when you take the field on a daily basis, you need to be prepared because you're building value for yourself, which also builds value for the organization if you end up being a trade piece. Yeah, it's something people don't think about in baseball. It's something that we talk about in the NFL all the time, especially in the preseason when you say, hey, listen, you, what you're putting on tape is just not for your your team. You're putting it for the other 31 teams in the NFL. And that's kind of the same thing when you talk about minor league baseball because where the A's are right now, when you win 97 games for two straight years and your window of opportunity is open right now, so even before this new ballpark in 2023, the A's are going to have a chance to make a run at a World Series title that these guys are potential. Now, you don't want them thinking that they're potential trading pieces, but, yeah, with you know a lot of these guys that you're going to be dealing with, Ed, in the minor leagues, you know if you're a third baseman, you're a first baseman, maybe even a shortstop, you're blocked right now because of what the A's have. So you could be somebody that David and, and Billy could use to help the big league club in some type of trade. Yeah, we want our guys, you know, obviously we like our players and we've drafted, we developed them, but we want to be honest with them and understand that, look, build value for yourself, build, build your portfolio. And if it's with us, great. If it's not, then, you know, you're going to provide, you're going to get to the big leagues with somebody else and we're going to get something in exchange for that. I mean, Sheldon Noisy is a great example. We got Sheldon in a trade. He kind of took off. He's clearly blocked by Matt Chapman, but the guy went to AAA and, and he, you know, he raked uh, from the second half of the last season in Nashville to last year in Vegas. Um, you know, and, we're, and so he kind of put himself on the map with us because even though he was blocked at third, next thing you know, he's playing second base uh, down the stretch in a wild card in a playoff punt. You know, so there's different ways to build value, and he could have been a valuable trade piece, but he ended up working out very valuable for us down the stretch. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because that you know. If you're not going to be an everyday guy, the key to your career right now 
is versatility. Because we have so many guys in the bullpen, we have smaller benches, you need to be able to play multiple positions. You think of a guy like Mark Canna last year. When Mark Canna came out of Cal, there's not one person that would have ever told you that he could play everyday center field. Nobody would. I remember when he showed up, Grady, and he was a Rule 5 guy. We were wondering, is he a DH? Does he play first? Maybe third? <clears throat> and now you got Mark Canna can play center, can play right, can play first, can DH, he can play left. Talk about how versatility is such a big key for position players in today's game. Well, another thing about Mark Canna, three years ago in Nashville, we were worried how good he was just in right field, much less the way he's developed now and, and played center. Uh, but you're, you're dead on. Versatility is, uh, uh, is a key. If we didn't have a player like Canna, if we didn't have a player like Pinder, you know, we, we would be in a much tougher position. But you've got guys that have come up and done, have worked and learned uh, different nuances of positions that have helped them and the ball club. Uh, you know, Pinder versus lefties, he can play left, right, third, short, or second. So, and, and we've been, we've, we've always had to have that, especially uh, with, a, with, with our situation with, you know, working between 80 and $100 million payrolls. When do you know? that you need to tell a player you need to have multiple gloves, you know, cause you have a guy like Matt Chapman and you tell Matt Chapman, you're playing third base and that's your position. And that's how you're going to get to the big leagues to where there's other guys. Like we mentioned a Chad Pender. Uh, I mean, even at one point, I mean, it's hard to believe Matt Olson has now won two gold gloves at the, had him out playing right field. But at what point, Ed, do you look at a player and you need to tell him, you need to start focusing on being able to play, like with Franklin Barreto too. Hey, you need to start go playing some outfield. When do you need to tell a player that you need to bring multiple gloves and you need to learn multiple positions? Yeah, I don't know if there's an exact timing of it. I mean, you, you want to develop the kid at his position that you drafted him for the, for the most part. Um and then as they start to get probably in, in the double A and see how they're going to profile, do they look like they're going to be an everyday big leaguer at one spot? And I think it, again, it comes down to creating value. Does he have more value as an everyday third baseman, like a Matt Chapman, or is he, does he have more value, um, you know, being more versatile and be able to play multiple positions? I think that for the most part, you know, all of our outfielders, the minor level pretty much play every spot. I mean, I think, that would be a little bit of an exception, but even uh, you know, like Nick Allen and Jeremy Ironman have uh, have played short and second. They've gone back and forth. Um, so I I don't think there's one moment in time. You know, I mean, I think we struggled to find a position for Seth Brown. Um, you know, his his opportunity a couple years ago in Double A looked to be like we didn't really have a first baseman, so we kind of shoved a first base glove in his hand, and it was a struggle at first, but. He kind of got through it and worked hard and didn't let it affect his offense. Uh, and then he ends up, you know, he plays first in AAA this year every day, has a great year, and then he gets up to the big leagues, he's back in the outfield. So it's like, you know, I, you always have to have that in your bag a little bit. Um, I don't, I mean, there's one particular time of when you, when you do it. 
Zach, you, a lot of people don't think about when a guy gets called up or a couple guy gets called up. They don't think about how that affects then triple A, then double A, then A ball. It's really like a, a a trickle down effect when there's movement in the organization. Talk about your role and really just how that works and how you guys look at it and how you how you move players around once there's once there especially starts to be a lot of player movement in the second half. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it really starts with with David and Billy at the top, and then goes to the farm director, where it was it was Lip in the past, and obviously now Spraggy. Um, and those guys have tough decisions, you know. I mean, it's it's really you know Spraggy can probably talk to more like the actual decision making process. But on the logistical side, uh, we lean on the trainers. Actually, the the trainers in, in the minor leagues. We won't we won't mention uh, this to Nick Paparesta, but in the minor leagues, the trainer has to wear a lot of different hats, uh, not just getting guys healthy, but the trainers are booking flights and they're moving guys around they, they they're usually the first ones to know they'll get a, a text or a call from somebody um and then the the kind of the circus begins with um moving you, you know one move might uh you know might end up being five or six minor league moves depending on where guys are and that that kind of starts at the top and and the farm director decides hey do we want to skip this guy level so we minimize the moves or do we want to just move four guys up one level each or whatever so it, it can end up being a little bit of a circus, um, but there's, like I said before, there's really, there's great people all over, and you know we're leaning on the, the affiliate clubs to get guys to the airport. We're leaning on, like I said, the athletic trainers are really the, the first line of defense for all this stuff. So, um, yeah, it can be, you know, they got to find new places to live. They got to, you know, they got to maybe move some, move stuff out of their apartments. You know, some some places have host families, so you got to talk to them. It really is quite a. Uh, a lot of cars. moving parts to to get guys around. Yeah, cars. A lot of a lot of car shipping. Uh, people want to ship their cars, but then you're like, well, you might only be there for a week, so you might not want to do that. There's a lot of kind of kind of ins and outs there. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't know trainers were also travel agents, Zach. Oh yeah, oh yeah. These these guys are. They, <laughs> we hear about it. Trust me. There when it's when it's midnight and you're in the middle of the, you know, Quad Cities, Iowa or something, you know, and and you know you got to get a player maybe an hour to get to an airport and then get him on a flight to. Sacramento to get it down to Stockton the next day or something, it, it ends up being, uh, yeah, a lot of that falls on the trainers for sure. So, Zach, when, I, when I'm thinking about your gig, and recently they just had that article about Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, and there's a little bit of a riff right now. You talked about how it's your job to stay in touch with the affiliates and, and to help that relationship. Talk about what's that like, whether you're talking about Stockton or whether you're talking about Vegas, just, just your communication with the actual operations guys, whether it's the owners or, or whoever's running these, the, these affiliates. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people actually, when I tell people what I do, they don't, they don't always know that the, that the minor league clubs actually are separate businesses. You know, people think the A's just own and manage all these clubs. They're actually just separate, like completely separate businesses. So, uh, we're we're I, mean, I kind of serve as the go between between their business and the and the A's business of of you know there there are rules like you you kind of alluded to the agreement that's up next year, um, there are there's kind of a handbook for kind of who does what and who pays for what and who's responsible for getting people here and there. There's there's really like a you know just a, a big yeah it's it's there's a lot of intricacies to it um you know for example on the road the the affiliate club is responsible for paying for a certain number of hotel rooms anything over that the big league club pays for so i manage those relationships just making sure that um you know everyone's kind of no one feels like they're getting taken advantage of or you know and we, we've been lucky to have 
uh, a little bit different in AAA, but most of our, like, we've been in the same AA city for 25, 26 years now in Midland, Texas, and great relationships with them. Uh, obviously, our first year in Vegas this year, and we, we won them a division championship, so I know they're they're happy to have us there, and Stockton's great because they're so close to Oakland. We send them a lot of big league rehab guys, so, um, and actually, if you, people kind of forget about Beloit, but Beloit actually um, just announced the new ballpark deal in, in downtown, so Beloit, the, the previous ballpark or the current ballpark has been around a long time and it's a it's an older facility um not a lot of bells and whistles but they they just very recently announced a, a new stadium deal so we're excited for them and then um so we're involved yeah like in like in that process we're i was actually just this morning reviewing some kind of some site plans for their new ballpark and making sure that you know the the clubhouses are the right size and the training room is in the right place and things like that so there's a lot of a lot of things that people you know it's not not always the uh, most glamorous stuff to to do, but it is it is um, something that I do on a daily basis. You're juggling a lot, Zach. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So let's end on this. I know a lot of the fans are going to be listening to this, and I've been talking about on my show, which is called A's Cast Live, that this is going to be a short off season because everybody's going to be chomping at the bit to get back to spring training after winning 97 games two straight years, and you guys are in the thick of it as trying to prepare to help this team win a championship in 2020. So we'll start with you, Grady. After back-to-back years of winning 97 games, what excites you about this upcoming season? I think uh, seeing all this pitching that we've developed in the last few years that we had some medical issues with, you know, Lazardo and Puck and Jeffries and uh, Holmes and guys like that, to see these guys – come to fruition, pitch healthy, and see where this can take us at the top of the rotation. And then Ed Sprague, the only guy that have won a college World Series, a World Series, and Olympic gold. You know a lot about winning. What excites you about 2020? Uh, I have to agree with Grady. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I think we got a couple stars in the making and Lozardo and Puck and some front lines and having Mania back and, if we can keep that rotation together, uh, obviously this, the story the last couple of years has been the bullpen, although even though the starters pitched extremely well last year, um, having a nice, a nice mix, um, you know, having the infield back and, you know, a MVP finalist and two gold glovers and, you know, and then Sean Murphy getting a chance to maybe have his, his first full year under his belt. And so there's a lot to be excited about. And I think there's a few guys in, that are waiting in the wings that can help. Uh, like we always are going to need. And so I think that's probably the the biggest thing. And, Zach, you've been around here a long time. How about you? Well, yeah, I think in player development, you see, I've, I've worked for kind of – I've worked for minor league affiliates and for the big league club and now now in player development. And I, I think it's just – it's cool. Um, you know, it's kind of a cliche to say, oh, we like having homegrown talent. But to see how many guys right now um, – I mean, it starts obviously with Chappie and Ole, but then you go down to, to Pinder, Noisy, Seth Brown – um, you know, all these guys that are Trevino, even Trinan technically, you know, we drafted Trinan, traded him, traded him back, so he, we kind of count him as a homegrown guy too. So you talk about all these guys that are homegrown and and all of the staff and player of them, I think, you know, people don't know the names like, uh, you know, of our single-A managers or our double-A hitting coach or whatever, but all these guys have had a, had a great effect on the homegrown talent and um, seeing them thrive in the big leagues, you know, people – don't always realize how many, you know, how how long it took to get them there. Even Chappinoli, they didn't really, 
you know, it's not like they were up the first year. I mean, they spent three or four years in our in our system and, and you know, played for a number of different managers and coaches and all those guys. Most of those guys are still with us. Um, and I, I get excited for those guys to get to see um, kind of the fruits of their labor. So that that's really exciting for us. Oakland A's baseball operations here on A's Roundtable. Grady Fuson, Ed Sprague, Zach Bash. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the time, and we'll see you down in Mesa for spring training. Thank you, Tony. All right, thanks, Tony. Thank you. Now back to A's cast powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.